0: coverage from progressive
1: casualty insurance company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms bundle discount not available in all states or situations
0: this is the exxon broadcast network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including cnn broadcast network Sirius satellite network star media good news radio network angel broadcast network wiki broadcast network and wpbn tv
1: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, Exxon at TV.com on all social media sites, ExxonRadioTV. Our website for the radio show and TV show is XonRadioTV.com. And to find out all about the great programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net. And don't forget, the X-One is also heard on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network across Europe on Radio X, and now on RNN Radio Network, the Angel Broadcast Network, and, of course, our good friends with iHeartRadio. Our guest this hour is Mary Jo Fister She is the code lead investigator, EVP specialist, and case manager for... Off the Trails Paranormal Investigations in Florida. Uh, She is the lady that, along with her better half or her co-partner, co-lead investigator, I don't want to get myself into that trouble again, uh, (laughs) is Greg Bush. And uh, they put on a great event called the ParaUnity Conference. And, you know, it's about time that people started realizing that it takes unity in order to to do what so many professional and ethical investigators within the paranormal community are trying to do and it took Mary Joe and Greg to pull it off and guys welcome back to the exo
4: oh well that was quite an intro thank you so much
1: you know intros are easy when they're the truth
4: you're going to spoil me
1: hey listen you too pulled off something that people have talked about for years but you actually did it and the fact that you did it goes to show what kind of people you are you talk the talk and you walk the walk and you have
4: a lot of help too
1: well yes but lots of help but it was your idea your seed and yes you did have a lot of help and everyone who helped you deserves you know the accolades that that go into this 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 event that that you're now bringing on uh, to the second year on August the eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth, you know, right? I, I've 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 listened to Larry Lawson's show and he gives you and Greg great accolades, and so do the guests because everybody agrees. It's about time that people have to work together. We have to unite if we are going to succeed in doing what we are trying to do, and that is. Investigate the world of the paranormal and bring proof and evidence to the table that it is real and life surpasses death.
4: Absolutely. And even if your motivation is something different than Mm -hmm. getting to the truth, if you want your TV show or whatever, it still is going towards you have to have that truth to make it valid.
1: And once again, you know, I've I've said this with you in person uh, when I had the pleasure of meeting you in February, that in my opinion, everyone has a piece of the jigsaw puzzle to life. And within that jigsaw puzzle is the solution and every mystery is uncovered. But what we have to do is bring everybody to a table. Everybody takes out the piece of the jigsaw puzzle we put our pieces on the table, and together we work on the puzzle. And this is something that you and Greg started with the Power Unity Conference.
4: Well, it's something absolutely that we need to do. Mm-hmm. And groups that don't want to share, they're, they're so concerned about keeping whatever evidence they have to themselves, they're also blocking themselves out of being part of this jigsaw puzzle yeah yeah they've got one piece but then there's people with a lot of other pieces and they all have to fit together to get to where we want to be
1: but isn't it a win-win situation no matter who just makes the uh, the, the smoking gun discovery
4: that oh absolutely we're, we're all doing this yeah. and so whatever steps we're taking and larry's group is taking and all the other groups are taking it's all going to the same point
1: and what is that and, final point, and, in your opinion? And the
4: final point is to prove that there is life after death, that there is a paranormal, and that we can use this as an actual science. It's not just going to be a parascience. Yep. We're not going to be in the research stage. It's going to be an actual science.
1: Mary Jo Fister is my special guest of this hour, Exonation. Mary Jo is the co-lead investigator of the Off the Trails Paranormal Investigations in Florida and their website is www.offthetrailparanormalinvestigations.org and we'll be back with Mary Jo on the other side of this break as we continue the world investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
2: Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Mary Jo Fister is our special guest. Uh, www.offthetrailsparanormalinvestigations.com the trails paranormal They also have a Facebook page. Check it out at facebook.com forward slash off the trails paranormal investigations. Um, Last time you and I talked, oh, you guys were just getting ready to do an investigation at a hotel, I believe.
4: Yes. How we did, did it go? A, yes, we did. Um, it's the Gulfstream Hotel in West Palm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was, it's a pretty active site. Um, it's been abandoned for quite some time, and it's in pretty bad condition. Um, but they had brought in um, a movie crew and did some sort of horror movie there and uh, do some pentagrams and things like that in the building. We got some interesting EVPs.
1: What was the significance of the pentagrams? Do, do pentagrams have any significance? Are they just symbols, or do they, they play an active part in bringing in the uh, negative paranormal activity, or, is, or do they open up a gateway to the other side?
4: Um, well, the satanic cults use that as as a way to open up a door, and a lot of witch covens will also use the pentagram as a way of communicating with the other side. So it's not inherently evil by itself, but I think it's the intent that it's used with.
1: Could we? Is it fair to say that everything uh, is is based on the the intent? For example, uh, candles, a negative intent, uh, you know, if the intent is is negative will uh, manifest negativity, positive will manifest something that is positive.
4: I think that's a very fair evaluation. So much of what we do is, is the intent with which we enter the, the action. And so somebody sitting around a pentagram with, the candles, hoping to bring some sort of negative energy in the room, that's probably what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Somebody who doesn't have that intent, who is just trying to talk to a spirit of the the building, I don't think that's necessarily going to bring in anything negative.
1: Do spirits want to communicate with people on this side as much as we want to communicate with them?
4: Well, I think mostly yes, they do. I think that's one of the reasons why. Um, So many homeowners find things going on, um, things flying off of their their counter and uh, lights flickering on and off and items are missing. And I think it's the other side, the ghosts, the spirits that are trying to get your attention. And, you know, when you want to tap somebody on the shoulder and they don't pay attention and then you hit them a little harder and then you grab them by the arm and shake them. And the next thing you know, you're grabbing them by the shoulders and saying, hey, I'm here. I'm trying to talk to you. And I think that's why sometimes the activity ramps up. We're not always um, we're not always hearing what they're trying to tell us.
1: How long was the investigation at the hotel?
4: Uh, We were there probably four or five hours
1: and what kind of EVPs did you get?
4: Uh, we got a, a little girl's voice. Uh, so there's supposed to be a little girl there. And then um, we got a, a man's voice hmm. saying saying some things that weren't particularly nice um, to a group of women in the room. So the man was there. The little girl was there. um And some of the EVPs were very clear. Um, I had, we were sitting in the one room. It was with the pentagram room, actually. And I asked, um, if you know who's here, would you say some of our names? And the spirit said, my name, Mary Jo. It said Sandy's name, and she was there. And it said Christine, but Christine wasn't there. But Laura was, and Laura and Christine do have some similarities, so... Maybe he mistook one for the other. But I think it was really interesting that he pinpointed Sandy and I. Uh,
1: I was speaking to somebody earlier today on another segment. And I asked them if they thought it was all right to provoke and be disrespectful to spirits. And I was surprised by their answer. They said, whatever it takes to get a reply.
4: Oh, my. Okay, I'm not going to agree with that person at all. Yeah. Um, We're not the provoking type. Mm -hmm. We do go in with respect. Uh, You you don't know who's in there with you. Right. And it could be a little kid. And so you're screaming and yelling at this little five-year-old boy. Uh, You don't know that. It could be somebody who is really violent and will do whatever it takes to get you back for being disrespectful to him. So until you know who you're speaking to, I think it's best to go in with respect, to not provoke.
1: You know, there was a a show, and I can't remember the network, where they actually did an investigation with a demonologist in the house, where the exorcist story originated in St. Louis, and they used provocation and a lot of, in my opinion, negativity, Uh, in these cases. And isn't that playing with fire?
4: I think so. As I said, you don't know who you are provoking, and especially if you have reason to think that there's a demon in the building. Demons have been around a lot longer than we have, and they have a lot more strength and and wiliness than we do. Um, I do not want to go up against a demon. I would not go in and try to provoke the demon because chances are I'm not going to be the one who wins.
1: Do demons feed off negativity and fear?
4: Oh, I I think they absolutely do, Rob. Um, Demons are negative. They're negative energy, and they've never been people. Mm -hmm. So... The negativity—they want to scare people. They want them to be in fear. I think that is food for them.
1: Wow, do you come a lot? Uh, do you come in contact with uh, a number of demons doing the investigations that you do, or is uh, the the interaction with the demon rather rare?
4: It's it's rather rare. Um, most most places that we have been, in fact, probably ninety nine percent have not been demons. And sometimes people think it's a demon uh-huh. because the activity is frightening them. But it could be that this person is just not a nice person. As you are in life, I think so you are in death. And if there is a violent or vicious spirit in your house, that's you're going to get violence and negativity. And they too will feed on that.
1: Have you been to uh, Waverly Hill Sanitarium?
4: Sure have.
1: Apparently, that place is, is very, very active. I haven't been there, but I've heard you know I've heard people talk about it over the years. And, and mm-hmm. my question is, why do these spirits put up with the people who go there? Why you you know if I was a spirit and if I kind of figured well geez the, the reason why these people are coming here is because of our action why don't we just all be quiet go to another floor and no activity and they'll stop bothering us
4: i kind of wonder myself maybe they enjoy the attention maybe eh? um maybe that's it and sometimes we go in and, and i wonder with the standard questions that groups ask aren't they getting the spirits getting bored with the same questions? Um, You know, what's your name? How long have you been here? How old are you? I I think so many times those are the standard questions and they get asked over and over again. And maybe they're just really bored with the whole situation. And that's why they're doing other things. They want some type of other recognition
1: for the listeners who may have not heard you before with the new networks and uh, stations we have coming on board all the time mm-hmm. where, where in your opinion is the most haunted place that you Greg and your team have investigated
4: um, th- that's really a tough question um, there was one private home that we went to that was very active with poltergeist activity but as far as Ghosts and Spirits, mm-hmm. I would say Rolling Hill Sanitarium in upstate New York.
1: Well, What did you guys find there?
4: Oh, we saw shadows. We got some clear EVPs. Um, some of them were from one of the nurses that had been there years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, an incident where there was a little teddy bear sitting by the window and They went by, not not me, but a couple other people on the team went by, and the teddy bear was sitting in the window. And when they came back, the teddy bear was on the floor. And so when they went to pick up the teddy bear and put it back in the window, there was a car outside with several young men standing around. And when the young men saw the team looking out the window, they jumped in the car and they ran away. So I think maybe it was the ghost protecting the sanitarium, from what they knew these guys were going to do.
1: When ghosts are seen, you know, mm-hmm. the apparitions are seen, they right. uh, are, do they always wear the same clothes?
4: <laughs> I don't know. It yeah. would seem so because there's so many stories about, you seeing the woman in white or right. the woman in gray or the soldier. So, It would seem like many of them do that, and maybe it is their way of being recognized as who they are. But I don't know that all of them are like Hmm. that. I don't know.
1: Here's a real strange question that I got asked the other day, and I, I knew you were coming on tonight, and I said, all right, I know who to ask this question to. Is it possible that ghosts have a shelf life, that there's only a certain time that a ghost can actually remain in this, this dimension, this reality?
4: That's a really good question, and I'd like to know the answer myself. There are so many sightings of ghosts from hundreds of years ago, and people are still seeing them in places like oh, the Tower of London mm-hmm. and the White House. People keep saying that they see Lincoln's ghost there. And so many other places where for hundreds of years it's been the same story, the woman in white or the sailor that's standing on the seashore. So if they do have a shelf life, I don't know how long it would be, and time isn't the same, I don't think, on their side as it is on ours.
1: Yeah. You know, I can can see the significance of... President Lincoln's ghost being seen in the White House. I can certainly see the other great presidents in the White House because they went through a lot of a lot of different emotions in the White House, you know oh, jFK and, and you know, just to mention a few. I wonder if Donald Trump's ghost will be haunting the White
4: House. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see after Donald passes mm. on.:
1: <laughs> I wonder if his hair will be that. What color would you oh, see us here? Oh, you go in there. Huh? Oh, all right, never mind. Okay. Well, I won't go there. Let's let's stick to the 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 paranormal instead of the para human. Okay, you and I have to take our break. Please stand right. by. <laughs> Exonation. Mm-hmm. My very special guest this hour is Mary Jo Fister. She is with Off the Trails Paranormal Investigations. They are in Florida. Their website is www the trails dot o-r-g and uh, Mary and uh, Mary Joe and Greg are the organizers of the Para Unity conference that is going to be held in Felsmere this August 18, 19, 20 and when we come back we're going to be talking about this great event whatever you do ExoNation, don't go away and don't forget check out the programming availability of the Exxon Broadcast Network at www.xedbn.net. XO Nation, Mary Jo Fister is our special guest this hour. She is uh, the co-lead investigator with uh, Greg Bush of uh, Off the Trails Paranormal Investigations in Florida. Their website is www.offthetrailsparanormalinvestigations.org. They're also available on Facebook. August 18, 1920, this year in Fellsmere, Florida, the second annual, I guess we can call it, Para Unity Conference What do you have on TAPS for this year?
4: Well, we've got some great speakers lined up, and some of them are are local people. And we do want to bring in some people from out of the area as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are looking for sponsors to help us with that. Some people who are willing to spend some money in return for some publicity because we'd be glad to advertise
1: now, I understand you're expanding the the Para, Para Unity Conference to include other uh, realms within the paranormal community. Uh, you know, when I was there uh, earlier this year, it was predominantly ghosts and spirits. So how are you expanding it uh, for in August?
4: Last time it was, but we did have Rob Robinson there, and he talked about how he is the legend tripper and spoke about... Um, Nessie and Bigfoot and Skunk Ape and and creatures like that. Mm -hmm. This time we're having the MUFON come in and talk about flying saucers and aliens and those possibilities.
1: What's your take on UFOs?
4: Well, I I definitely am open to it. I don't think we're the only ones in this entire universe, Mm -hmm. this entire galaxy. Um, So, yes, I think there are intelligent creatures other places and maybe they have advanced to the point where they're able to come here and observe us
1: have you ever seen a ufo or something that you believe could be a ufo and i'm not talking about a uh, an experimental aircraft i'm talking about a you know ufo from zeta reticuli
4: well i did see something that i can't explain Mm -hmm. and i was sitting in a friend's backyard and we were sitting there talking and this was one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden something flew by it was not a bird or a bat it was not moving wings at all it just flew by and I jumped up and said what was that and went to look and by the time I got to the end of the porch it was gone I couldn't see anything so whether that was a UFO or what? I don't know, but it was not a bird. It was not a bat. So I'm not sure what it would have been.
1: It wasn't a bird. It wasn't a plane. It wasn't Superman, right?
4: No, it wasn't Superman. He was way too small for that. <laughs> <laughs> this was a small, um, maybe the size of um, like a serving platter.
1: Wow. Now, now you you live on the uh, on the Space Coast, right?
4: Well, we live on the Treasure Coast.
1: All right. That's all right. The Treasure Coast it's... would be the. That's
4: Vero Beach, right. Fort St. Lucie, Fort Pierce, right? Right.
1: But you're not that far from the Cape. Cape Canaveral.
4: No, but this was not here. This was in North Carolina.
1: Oh, that North Carolina.
4: Yes, ah. this was in the mountains of North Carolina.
1: There's a lot of strange things that are seen in the Blue Mountains and the mountains of North Carolina.
4: Yes, there are. Yeah. And a lot of uh, a lot of stories come out of it mm-hmm. as far as Little people, um, yes, leprechaun-sized people. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different stories up there. The wee folk. The wee folk.
1: Yeah. Besides, um, besides investigating ghosts and spirits, are you? Are you? Is your team going to be getting into other aspects of the paranormal to investigate, or are you just going to focus on one and be strong in that one?
4: No, we're, we're focusing now on the ghost aspect Mm -hmm. but certainly if we would have an opportunity to investigate something else we would Um, there was a case that we went on some years ago where a man claimed that there was ufo activity um, in his house and on his property and we did investigate and there was some really strange things that went on in that house that i cannot explain
1: ufo activity in his house
4: in his house and on his property.
1: Could you share some of, the, uh, some of the story behind the UFO in the house? I've never heard that before.
4: Well, he says that there are UFOs and, and aliens that are coming through the house and through the property. And we had a um, motion detector camera mm-hmm. set up in one of the rooms. And it kept readjusting as though the wall was coming out and going in sort of almost as though the wall were breathing.
1: So, so you had you had the, the lens set on autofocus. Right. Okay.
4: And it just could not focus. It kept going back and forth, going back and forth, mm-hmm. like it was focusing on the wall, but the wall seemed to be moving. Um, there was a, another group that was there before us that said in the swimming pool they had cold spots and hot spots that they would have, for example, 72 in one spot, move it over a couple of feet, Mm -hmm. and it would be 90, move it a couple of feet, it would be 50. So all these things that were going on in his house, and there were definitely some ghosts there, Um, just all the things that were going on, it was really baffling and very compelling.
1: Why do you consider compelling?
4: It's compelling because it was so out of the norm that something definitely was going on there. I can't mm-hmm. say exactly what it is. Yeah. But we actually went there twice. Wow. And still cannot figure out what it what it is, but this man's house definitely has something going on.
1: Were any other teams able to come up with other evidence that you could have worked with to come up with a solution, or has this still remained a mystery?
4: It's still a mystery. He's had other teams in there, but none of us have been able to figure it out.
1: If you were to expand your investigations to a different aspect uh, of the paranormal, besides ghosts and haunting, what would it be?
4: Well, I would be very interested in time travel or parallel universe, think the the theory of parallel universes is mm-hmm. really fascinating. Maybe there's another Rob in some other world.
1: God help that poor world.
4: <laughs> there could be or could be another me in another world and mm-hmm. are we doing exactly the same thing or is it just something totally different or is just a slight variation? It's just fascinating, and I'm actually reading um, a book, I think it's called In the Blink of an Eye, Mm -hmm. which is the theory that you could go back in time, but maybe only a second, and would that really have any relevance on the future? Could you change anything in that second? And I think that's really a great question.
1: I've often wondered uh, that very question, and when I've had people on the show who have who have done time travel, or claim to have done time travel, or remote viewed past and mm-hmm. and future? You know, what are the chances of them bringing back just that little bit of information that, if they were to implement it or work towards it, how would that affect the future?
4: And that's you're talking sort of like the butterfly effect. Yes, 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 and yeah, one little thing, and it starts a ripple. Mm-hmm just one little incident something so insignificant that you wouldn't even think about it but couldn't it change the future
1: i think it could how about you i do too a lot of people are reporting more and more contact with those on the other side in dreams these days than ever before in history any ideas why
4: Possibly because this is becoming more mainstream, and the idea of those who have passed coming to you to tell you things in dreams is mm-hmm. becoming more accepted. I've had people tell me, you know, friends of mine tell me that they've seen somebody in a dream who's come to tell them something um, a parent, a grandparent, a friend. And sometimes it's to come and tell them that I'm saying goodbye. Because I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's been to tell them to forget about something that happened, to forgive, and to move on.
1: So they're they're coming not only to bring messages, but to bring comfort.
4: I think so. There's so many possibilities.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, if if you were dead and a ghost, and you could travel around and see different people, there probably would be messages that you would want to give to different people that you held dear.
1: True. True. The messages that people are receiving when you do your investigations, are the messages the same or is each and every case totally unique?
4: I would say it's mostly unique because there are the comfort messages. Mm -hmm. There are the messages saying that I've passed on and I just wanted to say goodbye. Um, And then there's messages that people can't seem to to decipher. They don't understand what that person is telling them. They're there and they're saying something and they can't quite figure it out.
1: In your opinion, is there something people on this side of the veil can do to better understand, hear, or interpret the messages that those from the other side are trying to to give them?
4: I think if you're open, try to open yourself to it Mm -hmm. and accept it. And then maybe think about what might have prompted that, what happened today or yesterday or last week that might prompt that visit or is there something going on within the family that would cause somebody to come back we have done a couple of cases where a family member has passed on due to drug abuse and there's drug use within the family and the message seems to be stop it Mm. this is not good for you you're going to end up like me
1: What about, I think, you, I'm sorry, go ahead, dear.
4: I, was, I think that's really interesting. I think that it's very generous of the person who's passed to come back and try to help this family.
1: That truly is. That truly is. Um, is it harder for you to do an investigation when there's a child spirit involved instead of an adult spirit?
4: It's can be because if the child is sad or scared Mm -hmm. yeah that does affect me Um, but there have been times when the child spirit seems to be really happy Hmm. where she or he is seems to really like that spot and so maybe it's okay for them to be there if they're not happy there, yeah, we're definitely going to try to pass them along and move them on and get them to cross. But maybe they're really happy there. Maybe that was the spot. Whoa, great! Whoa.
1: Whoa. Well, I think he's trying to get a point across here that we've got to take right a commercial then. break. All I'll right, shut up. <laughs> it's all right. He scared the heck out of me, too. Exonation, <laughs> Nation, Mary Jo Fister is our special guest. dot com is the website and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue i'm sorry it's dot org not dot com dot org off the trails paranormal investigations dot org and um mary joe and i will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the EXO from our broadcast center we're in hamilton ontario canada don't go away Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies, from new releases to old classics, TV shows, almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123ReadyTV, I have the answer for you. Exxon Nation, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry, no, Mary Joe Fisters, is our special guest this hour. Jerry was the engineer who was working with us earlier tonight.
4: Yeah, we're just interchangeable.
1: Oh, let me ask you this question. <laughs> let me that you know that brings up a, a very interesting point. When you're out on an investigation, uh-huh. have you or any other member of your team ever been uh, used by the spirit? Have they ever taken your body? Have they ever, what are they called, walked in?
4: Or channeled? Um, yeah. No, no. That has not happened. Um, with the medium, yes. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had a medium who has let that happen to her. Uh, but as far as our regular investigators, no. We, we have not had that happen. I would not want that to happen. Again, we don't know who's trying to come through. Right. And... It could be somebody very nice, very benign, but then again, it might not be somebody like that.
1: Throughout your your years as an investigator, has there ever been an investigation that you've been able to conclude that the activity that you have investigated has been perpetrated by the use of a Ouija board?
4: Yes. Oh, yes. Um, And I don't advocate the Ouija board, Mm. and I know it's a lot of intent. Uh, We did do a case once where there was a lot of um, darkness in the house. The Mm -hmm. family was fighting. Um, The woman was depressed. Nothing had been happening, and all of a sudden all this started happening. And I asked her about the Ouija board, and she said no. And we talked a little bit longer, and I said, and you've never used any type of Ouija board. And she said, well, yeah well just a homemade one well that that's a ouija board yeah and that i think is what brought all this into the house and there was a dark shadow that would crawl up the wall and on the ceiling and we actually did see that um and i asked her what she did with it and she said oh she tore it up and threw it away then once she had used it so the The theory, I guess, with Ouija boards is you have to have the same Ouija board to get the spirits to leave the house. It doesn't work with another Ouija board. I'm not really sure how that works because I don't use the Ouija board. Right. But but her making that Ouija board is what brought it into the house and caused all kinds of problems for her, her husband, and her two teenagers.
1: So what should people do if they find that one of their children is experimenting and They've decided that, you know, the Ouija board, it's a toy. I'm going to play with it.
4: And I think a lot of us have done Ouija boards as kids because you don't realize when you're 10, 12, 15 mm-hmm. years old what really is going on. I just always tell people, don't bring the Ouija board in. I know some people who are investigators use it. Really? Yes. Hmm. And that's them. And that's if that's what they want to do, mm-hmm. we don't. I just, it's just too much of a gamble when you open that door.
1: But you and I were talking about intention. If the mm-hmm. intention during the use of the Ouija board is positive, does it still pose as big a threat?
4: Well, I always tell my my clients, it's like you open the door because you're expecting your neighbor from next door to come in for coffee. Mm. And the door is open, and people passing by your house see the doors open, and then what do you do when four or five people wander into your house? Yes, you can close the door, but the people are now in your house. So, how do you get rid of them if you don't want them?
1: So, the damage is already done.
4: Right. And I know that there are a lot of people who have used Ouija boards many times, and they've never had any complications. So... It may not happen all the time. I don't think it does. But there's just that one time. It only needs to happen once.
1: That's right. That's right. What has been the scariest thing that has happened to you or a member of your team during an investigation?
4: Oh, wow, the scariest thing. Um, well, the, the time that we were up in um, Rolling Hills and we were on the break... And two of the team members had gone outside. And all of a sudden they were saying, come down here, come down here. And we could see the flashing red and white lights of police cars mm-hmm. from where we were. And we went running outside and they were just standing in the field. And I said, where's the cops? And, what do you mean cops? Well, we saw the cop cars out there, the, the red and white lights. And, and the woman... And the woman who um, had the, the asylum, she said, oh, well, that couldn't be here because we don't have those lights on police cars. And that was kind of scary. That was definitely scary. Hmm. And um, trying to think of anything else that was really scary...
1: And this was at Rolling Hills.
4: This this was at Rolling Hills, absolutely. that That building is so full of activity nothing else that was really scary happened there Mm -hmm. but that was that was kind of frightening and and the reason that they had called us out there was because they heard this horrible noise outside and they couldn't figure out what it was and by the time we got out there the noise had stopped so what it was i don't know Oh, there was one other uh, incident where we were at Mansfield Reformatory, and one of our um, investigators wanted to come back with us, but she wanted to stop in the ladies' room, and we waited and we waited for her Mm -hmm. and didn't see her. I called for her. We didn't hear. There was three of us standing there waiting for her, and finally we decided she changed her mind and wasn't coming and said, okay, we're just going to go ahead without her. And suddenly she was right in front of me saying, you're not funny. That's not a joke. And she had been standing maybe six feet away from us. And none of us saw her.
1: Oh, my God. None of
4: us heard her. That was scary.
1: Any idea? she's uh, my daughter. <laughs> wow. Any idea on how that can happen?
4: I, there's a veil. And somehow the veil had come between her and us. Mm-hmm she could see us and she could hear us right she thought we were playing a trick on her but the three of us standing there didn't hear her didn't see her at all and when she was suddenly in front of me I didn't know what to think I was really startled Hmm. because I thought she was still in the other room
1: unbelievable
4: yes so that that was pretty scary
1: what do you suggest, or what is, what are your, what's your words of wisdom to people who tonight listening to you want to become paranormal investigators like you folks at the Off the Trails Paranormal Investigations? What should they do?
4: Okay, good for you. I'm really glad that you want to do that. Do some research and find out what type of equipment there is. Mm-hmm. Find out the types of methods. Never go by yourself. Always have somebody with you for safety, of course, and also for validity. They can back you up if something happens, and it's not just your word. I would say maybe shadow another group so that you can get some ideas on how to do the investigation. Get a couple pieces of equipment, uh, an audio recorder, Mm -hmm. a camera, a flashlight. You can start with that. You certainly don't need to go out and spend a couple thousand dollars on, on equipment. That can all come later. But I would say definitely get some research, get a partner, and, and get some experience before you set out on your own.
1: Should they, should, what should their starting point be? Should they go to a local cemetery? Should they go to um, a local haunt, so to speak? And, uh, of course, I would imagine they should always get permission before they go anywhere.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do not trespass. The the police will show up. Um, And I would say, I would suggest that they do some public venues, sort of a tour Mm -hmm. at a couple of the, the bigger places so that they can get a feel of how different groups are working. And then... Yeah, absolutely. If you want to go to a cemetery or um, a public, a, a, an abandoned building, but ask. There's always a lot of places you can go, but never go by yourself, and never go without getting permission.
1: We've got about a minute left, Mary Jo. What are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation? What would you like to tell them tonight?
4: Oh, I would like to tell everybody that there is life on the other side. We just need to prove it, and if we could all work together towards that end, it would be something that we could all take credit for. If
1: you answer, so teamwork, para-unity.
4: Absolutely, teamwork, para-unity, cooperation, that's it.
1: Mary Jo, where can people go to find out more about the para-unity conference this coming August 18, 19, in Felsmere?
4: Well, we have a Facebook page. It's called Treasure Coast Unity. Mm -hmm. And if they go there, they can find out what's going on. We also have discussions. So they're welcome to participate in any discussions. Uh, Different people are putting things up. Um, What's your bucket list for going to investigate and things like that. So come to the web page.
1: The web page or the Facebook page?
4: I'm sorry, the Facebook okay. page. Yeah, Treasure Coast Parry Unity.
1: Mary Jo, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hopefully, next month when you join us, uh, Greg will be able to join us. I hope so. But keep the good work out, my friend.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: Always a great pleasure. And, Craig, you did it again. You scared me, you son of a gun. <laughs> Talk about ghosts, get a big bang. It's like, okay. Mary yeah. Jo Pfister is our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation, www.offthetrailsparanormalinvestigations.org. I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the EXO from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.